0: gentlemen, and Marlins fans worldwide. It has finally happened. Fish on the Farm is finally here on the air. I am Alex Carver, the owner-operator of Fish on the Farm, and I am super excited to join the exciting crop of Miami Marlins podcasters that join the airwaves to talk about this extremely exciting minor league system. We are going to call this Swimming Upstream, and if you like hearing about two guys that delve into the deepest depths of the Miami Marlins prospect pool, You've turned into the right podcast. But before we get into that, I want to introduce who's joining me on the podcast, As I can never do this by myself. It's going to be my co-host all the way through, bringing the international flair from Barranquilla, Colombia, Daniel DeVivo. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Alex. That was, that was a good try with the city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Barranquilla is a hard one. That's why why you're here, Daniel.
0: That's why you're here.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's it. i very, very excited uh, to be uh, hosting Swimming Upstream with you Um, and looking forward to bringing these deeper Marlins. Um, When you spoke to me about your idea to start this podcast, I didn't hesitate for a second. I mean, baseball is my passion. The Marlins are my team. And researching prospects, that's, that's my hobby. So uh, this is just absolutely perfect.
0: All right. Uh, you've always been one of my favorite followers on Twitter and a name that I'm sure a lot of my followers and my readers will recognize because of that. Just because of your wealth of knowledge on the system, you're always a guy who's out there promoting these deeper guys and looking deeper into the, the deeper depths of the system, which is really what I want to get into. Um, so just for those who may not have heard of you and don't know who you are, Uh, Let us know how you became a Marlins fan, especially overseas, and what it was like growing up as a Marlins fan, as an American baseball fan in another country. And as an offset to that, what made you want to start studying the prospects?
1: Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I'm from Barranquilla, Colombia. If you know your Latin baseball, you know that the biggest countries in baseball, you know, Latin baseball are the DR, Venezuela, and Cuba. Colombia, while it's not one of the top baseball countries, uh, soccer is our main sport. We've, you know, we still sent a good amount of baseball players to the state. So currently we have Alfaro, we have Harold Ramirez, we have Jose Quintana, Julio Tehran. We have some solid prospects, uh, such as Luis Patino from the Padres. But the reason, the real reason I became a Marlins fan is pretty much Edgar Renteria. Uh, he's not only Colombian, he's also from my city, from Barranquilla. So I followed that 1997 playoffs. I was eight. And on the night of game seven against the Indians, um, school night, my dad let me stay up. And, and that 20-year-old kid from my city won the World Series for the Marlins with that hit. So, I mean, that's it. That, that's how I became a fan. I watched from, from afar as the Marlins won the 2003 World Series, um, the years that came after that. And then in 2012, the year the new stadium opened, I started working and living in Miami. So, obviously, instant t- season ticket holder. I watched how that team, I had really... The high hopes for flopped, uh, then lived through 2013 as a season ticket holder. Uh, I remember, I remember the seats were pretty standard, just normal seats. But because we were such a small group of season ticket holders, it was the easiest thing in the world to, you know, get much better seats. Uh, so that whole year, my permanent seat was above Marlins dugout happily. And in that year, you know, 2013, that's I would when I would say my interest for prospects actually began. Uh, I had been following Jose Fernandez, Yelich, Ramudo, but that's when I really understood just like the value uh, that a solid prospect has. So to finish this story off, when I saw that Sherman and Jeter, um, bought the team and I mean, I immediately, immediately after that first conference, it was clear that a new real thing I started my list and it has grown from 30 prospects to 120 since then. It's been a ride.
0: Yeah, for sure uh and it's funny you mentioned your dad because you you yourself you're now a new two-time dad which congratulations to that by the way and we're sure once the Marlins make the playoffs again you'll be that same dad that's letting your kids stay up <laughs> as late as possible or as late as need be I should say to watch those Marlins in the playoffs so again congratulations on being a new uh, a second time dad I should say and uh any Marlins uh any Marlins colors in that new baby wardrobe yet
1: Oh yeah, you know it. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, my three-year-old already has his his, his little jerseys and his hats. Um, my daughter, new newborn daughter, um, you know it. She's also gonna be a fan <laughs> for sure.
0: All right. So again, we're we're so excited to have you. I, I was so excited that you agreed to be on. So again, I appreciate it. So now that everybody's up to speed with you and with Daniel and with what's. Uh, we hope to accomplish here and he's already kind of given a hint as to what's going to happen. With all that out of the way, you know, and already from what Daniel has already said, you can see why I'm super stoked uh, to have him on for this inaugural podcast. Uh, So I'll give you the, the, the small backstory here on what's going to happen. As Daniel mentioned last season, he went through the task uh, of creating a top 100 Marlins prospect list, which, which is not easy to do. Um, I started out with 50, uh, and since I had the plan to put this together with Daniel, I've had to do a lot of research over the last week or two uh, in making mine a top 100. Uh, Had a little bit of skips and of hiccups along the way, but uh, (laughs) it's happened, and we made it happen. So uh, after I came up with my 100, and uh, Daniel obviously had his, uh, I sent my list to Daniel uh, after revising it a few times and Daniel combined both of our lists and did math that's probably well above my skill level um, and came up with, with a consensus <laughs> top 100 uh, basically both of our lists put together and then we averaged out each player and placed him accordingly so we're ready to share that list with you guys the visitors or the listeners I should say Uh, in what will probably be a three maybe a four part series Uh, we don't want to have any one episode go too terribly long so these will probably be three to four 45 minute episodes but there's the caveat this is not your average list where we're just gonna give you three four you know five paragraphs on the top 25 guys and then spend you know maybe two or three sentences on, you know, the deeper guys. The purpose of this particular episode is to get you guys acclimated with the guys that we have at the deeper end of the Marlins prospect pool. So that said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to quickly go through numbers one through 26 on our list. Those guys that you've heard of the guys that you know about from us and other sources. Um, And then after that, we're going to start at number 27. The, significance of the number 27 will be the 27th year upcoming for the Miami Marlins franchise. And we're going to go from that number and we're going to rattle through to number 100. And those guys, 27 through 100, we're going to try to spend a little time on getting, letting you know who they are, what they bring, a little bit of a scouting report. And uh, we really want to get you guys to know those guys that we see on the backfields in the GCL that we see reports of in the DSL and overseas leagues and stuff like that. So that's really the point of this inaugural podcast. Like I said, I'm super excited for it. So Daniel and I will take turns revealing the names and their ranking. And then from there, the other guy will share his thoughts on that prospect. The original namer after that, the guy that named the prospect, the guy that gave the ranking, he will have a chance to give a little bit bit of a rebuttal, and then we'll move on to the next name. If it doesn't make sense now, it'll make sense when we get going. So we're going to start out by rattling through one through 26. Um, Daniel, me and you will take turns. Going. Sure. Uh, like I said, these guys, everybody's heard of. We don't want to spend too terribly long on these guys. So we'll probably just give the name, maybe a comment or two, and then we'll keep going. So I'll start out. Me and Daniel both had this guy. Number one, Sixto Sanchez. Sixto Sanchez. We know what he brings. We know who he is. He's got that really, really high future value. Um, extremely, extremely The electric stuff has had problems with the injury. We'll see if he can build back from it. Go ahead, Daniel. We'll do number two. All
1: right. Number two is Jazz Chisholm. I had him three. He um, had two JJ. But Jazz Chisholm, amazing guy, uh, crazy athletic, um, came uh, with that trade for a gallon. That one hurt. But we can immediately, immediately see what he brings to the table. Every tool. Um, needs to work a little bit more on that hit tool, but I'm loving what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, for sure, definitely agree with that. Uh, Jazz, uh, the personality is off the charts. Uh, hands are good. Swing could use a little bit of balance. Uh, but that being said, I'll move on to number three. It's the guy that Daniel just mentioned, JJ Bleday, uh, a, a guy that we've seen not too much from because obviously it's his first year in the organization. Um, you know, came to Jupiter, hit 260 something uh shouldn't be a telling point for where he's gonna wind up. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for guys to come and struggle in the Florida State League, especially right out of a draft. But a four out of five tools guy, uh, four out of five tools that rank at least fifty on the thirty eighty scale already. Um, and a guy that's already being comp to Nick Estayanos. So that being said, we'll go to number four. Daniel, go ahead
1: quick note on JJ um some people do give him some a little bit of slack about not being as great in the in the um you know in the, in the uh with the hammerheads but i mean he still was over you know above average with a 107 i believe wrc plus so so he still did it i mean he started there and still was above average so just wanted to say that really quickly for my boy JJ uh number 4 is Jesus Sanchez uh came in that trade for Nick Anderson uh, the Rays are happy, but so are we. This, this kid's a monster. Crazy power. Still hasn't shown it um, in in game as much as we'd like. But you can see it. You can see it in, in, in the raw power. If you ever see him um, uh, taking some swing, i uh, really high on him.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. Definitely echo those uh, sentiments on Jesus. Uh, five is Edward Cabrera. Uh, this is a guy who I think could be right there with Sixto in terms of progression, just because uh, of the injury Sixto suffered and because of the uh, slow build for him back from that injury with the Marlins Uh, Cabrera is a guy who is almost at the same kind of velo as Sixto Um, breaking pitches are there as well. Uh, Maybe could use a little bit more on the control tool, but other than that, like we saw in spring training, and uh, going to be a big part of the Marlins rotation in the future. Uh, number six, Daniel, you got him.
1: Monte Harrison, he's a, he's a monster. He's, he's amazing. Um, uh, just, you know, that, that type of player who really excited about, who could be amazing. Um, high strikeout rate, that worries a lot of uh, um, analysts, but he's got the power, he's got the speed um he's field he's got the arm uh yeah he can be he can, he can be a really really good guy for for the marlins moving forward
0: all right number seven moving on with braxton garrett braxton garrett uh definitely a guy who's uh, going to be another big piece for the future of the marlins rotation uh what i like about him most is the deception and the stuff he's got the high highlight kick low arm slot uh Really, really looks nice. Has three to four pitches, uh, three pitches already, building a fourth. So, yeah, a guy that's definitely going to be right there in the thick of it in the future of the Marlins rotation and beginning possibly in 2022 and building forward from that. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a guy you get excited about. Uh, number eight, go ahead, Daniel.
1: All right, Lewin um, Diaz, another monster, first, uh, first baseman. Uh, crazy power. Uh, he's one of those rare guys who doesn't strike out, even though he has that beautiful power. Um, he came in the Romo trade, really good job by the Marlins. Very high on him. Um, he'll be in top 100 lists uh, very, very soon
0: for sure. Uh, number nine, uh, another pitcher because this Marlins system is chock full of future starters. Uh, Trevor Rogers, uh, a guy who came in, um, you know, impressed at the beginning, uh, at a high school, uh, did go through some injury worries and Tommy John surgery. So you always look at that. He's a guy who sits right there with Holloway and Garrett as guys who have gone through that. Uh, but this Marlins system is, is really has become, is becoming known for guys that they can bring back from that. And he's the guy who's right there with it. So, uh, yeah, Rogers, big, tall kid, uh, Solomon spring training, a little bit up and down against big league guys, but, um, Definitely a guy you could see contributing in the future just based off of how he was able to go so far after being drafted out of high school despite the injury. So, yeah, definitely Rodgers is a guy who's top ten for me, uh, was in my list, and uh, a guy that you look at just based off of what he's able to overcome and where he's been able to get. Uh, going to number ten, Daniel, go ahead.
1: Nick Nijert, Um Very high floor, as uh, high of a ceiling. Uh, but the, he's just solid. He has an amazing uh, career in the, in the minors. Um, I think he was the uh, yeah, organization player of the year, the Mariners, then for the Marlins. Uh, didn't do great last year, but I'm going to give him a pass. Um, injury. And he killed it in the Arizona fall league. Um, just just good man, uh, solid mechanics. Uh, I really like him.
0: Yeah, for sure. And definitely a good kid and a good guy to talk to. Uh, really, really driven guy. I will say that about Nick Nider. Um, Yeah, excited to see what he can do uh, whenever minor league season gets back going. Uh, 11, we have Cameron Meisner, uh, another guy from the uh, ridiculous draft that the Marlins had last year. Um, I've said it other places that I don't think that draft could have gone much better, and Meisner's one of the big reasons why. Competitive Palance pick. Um, uh, a lot of comp to me to Jelic just based off of the build. Uh, And the way the swing works, Um, I covered Yelich early on uh, in his minor league career. um, And I really see a lot uh, of my of him in Meisner. So a guy definitely to get excited about. Um, We'll see if that actually happens. I know it's a big comparison, but uh, I think that could be a very realistic uh, uh, comp for Meisner. Uh, Going to number 12. Go ahead
1: really happy because I got Monte, I got Lewin, uh, and now I got Gerard know, He is another guy who has impressed so much the last year um, with, his, with his power. Um, really exciting uh, player. Um, still young at 22. And again, just, just that power, um, shows, gives us exactly what, what we want to see. And he, he may be one of the most powerful guys in our system. So very
0: high on him. Yeah, for sure. Harar going crazy in spring training, hitting bombs. Uh, yeah, definitely a guy. The biggest power tool for me in the in the system. Uh, Thirteen is Jose Devers. Uh, Devers is a guy who's basically the antithesis of Harar and Um Lanky middle infield kid um, has really really great hands though on both sides of the ball. So he's going to be a four average type guy. Uh, an on-base guy. Uh, For me, he could use to improve his uh, plate discipline a little bit in terms of swings and misses. Other than that, this is a guy you get excited about because he plays skill positions. He's got the hands, uh, knows how to work in the field, and takes what he can get at the plate. So yeah, Devers, definitely a guy top 15. Number 14. Go ahead, Daniel.
1: 14, we have Connor Scott. Um, Connor Scott, he, I'm pretty hot on him. I, he's one of the guys who people don't think so, but I also feel like he'll be in the top 100 um, in a year or so. Uh, a lot of tools. Uh, he still hasn't shown them, shown them in game. Because I feel like he's been thrown into higher levels. I mean, he's still a kid. He's still 20. Um, but he has shown every single tool. Um, we know he has them. He just needs to start putting them, putting them into games. But, um, another guy i'm a lot mature beautiful for him It's six four uh, um and growing, and he you know, he finished off the year well last uh yeah,
0: for sure, uh definitely a guy who uh who you look at and say uh not really you know too much of a of a sure thing just based off how he started, but mm-hmm. a guy that you look at and say You know, he definitely has the tools, just can he live up to them? Uh, And definitely a guy that is very outgoing, a good guy to talk to. Um, He wants to succeed and he wants to be good. So that goes a long way with a lot of these guys that we're talking about. Uh, 15th, Peyton Burdick, another guy, a part of that 2019 draft class. This seems to be my theme. Um, Peyton Burdick is a guy who went to Wright State University, kind of an unheralded college. Uh, They're not a small college. They're kind of still making their way, though. Uh, one of two Marlins draft picks out of that school. So obviously that area scout saw something in these guys and in this program. And if you look at Peyton Burdick play, and if you look at him in batting practice, you know why. Absolutely went off with Clinton last year, came to camp this year, and he has one of the sweetest swings in the organization next to a J.J. Bleday. Um, Really could have been a steal based off of where we got him uh, and where he could go. So yeah, the power ceiling for Peyton Burdick is ridiculous. Uh, the swing is insane. All right. Really like Peyton. So next up, go ahead. Uh, 16.
1: 16, Harry Guzman. The uh, crazy fastball. Um, he did not get hit hard. Uh, let's hear 198 average. Against, uh, he does not get hit hard. His problem is command. Uh, um, it has to be a, Really, really scary for him to be uh, on, the, on the batting mix against this guy. The last year, he finished off amazingly, saved the year. Um, oh, he's a player some people think blend up as a relief. With our starting guys, that's, I mean, it's a, definitely a possibility. But I'm still holding hope for him. Um, you know, he's a ball man. Let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, uh, a guy that I have possibly as a future bullpen guy, but we'll see what happens, like Daniel said. Uh, 17, Jordan Holloway. Uh, Holloway, like I mentioned before, um, another TJ recipient, Um, but a guy who's been able to come back from it, really, and really show out in his couple years since, um, or a year since, I should say. Um, Holloway is a big, tall kid, uh, has good weight for his height, Uh, definitely athletic and brings like I said what you look at for a pitching prospect bringing the multitude of pitches and Holloway has three or four um a little bit of work needs to be done here on strike zone knowledge I would say there are many at bats that he goes where he tries to get guys to chase on multiple pitches and when you fall behind an account he's a guy who's going to have to come and battle and for me you know he shows it at times but at times he doesn't so um, if he can iron that out, definitely a guy who could be uh, a good mid rotation starter. Uh, going to 18. Go ahead, Daniel.
1: All right, 18, we have team, yes. Um This is a guy who can battle Devers for the best uh, defensive infielder in the system. Um, definitely goals level. He has a plus arm, plus, 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 a million plus runs, uh, runs full. He stole twenty 20- Bases in 48 games. Um, the bat is what you'll need to really, really go up the system. Uh, not much power, uh, but you know, still a lot of people are high on his uh, contact skill. he'll still mature, um, but he did a solid job last season. You know, what do do? we do get from him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Agree with everything you said there. Um you know, uh, going to be a um, fielding first guy who really needs to improve the bat skills to succeed, but uh, a guy to watch. Uh, 19 is a guy who we haven't even seen play yet, um, but a guy who's already top 20 on multiple lists because of his, uh, his uh, acumen and what he's been able to prove uh, in other places. It's um, Jose Salas. Jose Salas is a, a guy who was drafted as a 17-year-old in the international draft, was actually born in Florida, but uh, one of those guys that still held those international roots and was able to, uh, to get in the international draft, and uh, Marlins got him as a 17-year-old. Um, did all, we haven't seen him play, like I said, but he did workouts uh, in other places, uh, one at Marlins Park. Uh, what you really look at here is, uh, as this was the case with Nassim, the fielding acumen. Really able to get out there and just naturally be a great fielding shortstop. That's where I think he's going to be. That's where I think he's going to stay. From what I've seen of the swing, um, he's a really, really tiny kid right now. Um, Obviously has a lot of growing to do into his body, but um, the ability to uh, get in there and really hack with the swing uh, swing has a bit of uppercut to it. Uh, you like to see that for where his body could go in the future. And eventually if he grows into his body, advantageously a guy that, could be a doubles guy as a shortstop. And that's a really big thing to have in any organization. So yeah, Jose still got to see him play still a lot of unknowns,
1: but a guy that you look at and you get excited
0: about. So going to number 20. Uh,
1: number 20. Uh, this is a guy. A lot of people forget because he missed all of the twenty nineteen season, which hurt. Um, I was really excited to see him play Osiris Johnson. Um, this kid can hit. Uh, he has a lot speed. Um, this, is, this may be a guy you can profile as a, as a third base, which is a really thin position in our, in our system with all the shortstop that, uh, young shortstops that we have. Um, so he played for a couple months. Uh, they sent him immediately to a single A, um, and he did struggle there as expected, just as Connor Scott did, Will Banfield, all those guys that they sent to that level. Um, well he's healthy. He's he's healthy now and I am excited to see what he will bring the next time he steps on the field.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, Osiris, like you said, a guy that uh went through the injury, uh was doing great in that spring training before he went through the injury, by the way. Uh showing a lot. Coaches really mm-hmm. loved him. Uh good guy to see out there, and then obviously went down, but uh hopefully he can come back and be better. Uh twenty-one, we have a rule five guy actually that's still host prospect status which happens pretty, pretty often. Uh, But a guy who uh, held prospect status with the Nationals and still does now with the Marlins, his second organization, which is fun to see, Uh, Sterling Sharp. Uh, Sterling Sharp is definitely a two-contact pitcher. Uh, The deception in the stuff is what is going to get him very, very far ahead. Uh, The deception in the delivery, uh, basically the sidearm movement of his arm. Release points are all good. Uh, release points basically on all of his, all three of his pitches are the same. So a side armor that throws from the same release point with all three of his pitches, that's has guy you get excited about. He has his charity for a reason called ground outs for kids, which supports inner city youth. Uh, I am a donor to it. It is a great, great cause. Uh, You can actually donate to his charity uh, per ground out. You can donate a portion of money per ground out and uh, you will give, be giving money to inner city kids. So uh, like I said, Definitely a guy who does things right, as you can tell from what I just said. Does things right in terms of off the field and on the field. He's a guy that can contribute definitely to a major league bullpen. And you will see him doing that as a member of the 40-man roster this coming season. Like I said, Rule 5 guy. So, yeah, Sterling, a guy that's going to be there this year for the Marlins. uh, He's going to forgo his prospect status most likely uh, in that regard. But, uh, yeah, for now, a prospect that you get excited about as – could be a bullpen anchor. I really, really like Sterling. Uh, another bullpen guy at 22. Go ahead, Daniel.
1: The man, Miss Alex Vesia. How many innings, Alex, uh, is he, does he have right now scoreless? 38, 40? I think, I think it's something like 37,
0: 38 <clears throat> innings, including the Arizona fall against spring training. So, yeah.
1: That's Yeah, That's it's, it's just crazy. Um, let's see. He had a – 14.27K to walk rate um, last year, I believe. Um, check out these numbers. 13.50K. K, uh, it is strikeouts per nine innings. 0.94 whip. Um, he looked amazing. A wonderful wonderful start to career since he, drafted, since he was drafted mid-90s fastball. The delivery is tough to time, a plus changeup. Um, he looks great. Yeah, the changeup is re- a, um, a, a an important piece in the in the our, Yep.
0: Yeah, the, the changeup is really what stands out for me with Alex. You were saying? <clears throat> yeah, like I said, the, the changeup is really what stands out to me with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, plus change change-up. The movement is ridiculous. Um, another guy who gets out there and just goes out there and doesn't worry about stats. Talking to him, that's his, exactly. that's his mantra. He doesn't want to hear about stats. You tell him about the 37, 38 innings, he doesn't want to know about it. He <laughs> just wants to go out there and hang up that zero, and that's what he's all about, and that's what he does. Uh, so, yeah, big part of the bullpen as early as this coming season, whatever happens this year, uh, definitely next year. Exactly. Uh, 23, we're going to Evan Fitterer. Uh, again, another 2019 draft member. Um, high schooler made well over his slot value to come sign with the Marlins. So obviously the club sees a lot in him. Um, Haven't seen a ton from him yet, but going off of reports and stuff that we do see and stuff that we know about him. um, It's a guy who gets out there and really competes Uh, bulldog type mentality on the mound. Um, You know, you see three pitches from him, maybe a fourth in the making. Um and to do that at that young of an age, that's something that impresses uh, scouts and impresses coaches. So um yeah, Evan Fitterer, uh, a guy that we don't know a lot about yet, but we will be getting to know him very well in the coming years.
1: Uh, going to twenty four. Go ahead, Daniel. Victor Victor Meza. So at this point last year, um he was maybe first I believe in our in our in everybody's ranking. Um he. Came with, with a lot of um, pomp, uh, but he hasn't lived up, up to expectations. Like Let's give him a year. He hasn't shown any power whatsoever, uh, not gap power or anything, contact, not much. He doesn't strike out a lot, which is good. Uh, but what he is, is an amazing um, fielder. Uh, you'll know that. I mean, that's, that's a certainty. A lot of people say that it's maybe uh, major league ready at this point. Uh, same with his arm, um, solid speed, but the bat is what Rudy, um, just hasn't come uh, hasn't come up. So let's see what he brings.
0: Yeah, for sure. And at 25, we have a guy who uh, is in that same category as a guy who who, who was uh, probably right up there, you know, last year uh, as 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 a top guy that has kind of fallen down the list based off of last season, Uh, Will Banfield. Will Banfield, the catcher. Uh, Obviously, you you know, for catchers, it's hard to expect a catcher to come here or to come to the major leagues, I should say, and go off offensively, right? Um, You know, a guy that obviously brings the arm, power arm behind the plate, Um, you know, good game caller, good framer, all that stuff, really great defensively. But offensively, when you hit sub 200, you're going to fall. And that's why Will Banfield's at 25. Um, Need to see a lot of improvement with the bat. He has to get up to at least Mendoza line, probably even a little higher if he's going to compete in this young Marlins system that's still improving. So Will Banfield, a guy that you put, definitely has a defense, has the potential with the bat, got to put it on display. Going to 26th, you get the brother too, Daniel.
1: Go ahead. twenty-six uh Victor Mesa Jr., a guy who was uh for some people just being a throw-in. Like, hey, we got his brother, he was a throw-in. He's not a throw-in. Um he showed it his first pro season, um, nice numbers. Um showing a bit of power, solid uh bat, bat skills. Uh does need to develop more power as he matures, he probably will. Um, once a switch hitter, now only lefty. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, some a lot of people say he's better than his brother. Some lists already putting him on top of his brother. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can bring with that Nassim Cyrus um, Victor mazier combo that we have in the other levels.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, a definitely a, a welcome piece, and like you said. People thought he was a throw in maybe could even be better. I mean, who knows, who knows what's going to happen with, uh, with Victor, Mm -hmm. Victor, Uh, you know, junior though, a guy that a guy that you look at and uh, you know, you, you saw why the Marlins spent the money they did and uh, traded away pieces for that pool money to get both those guys. Uh, All right. So we've gone through the top 26. Uh, We've given you guys a lot of details about those guys. Um, We're going to try to go a little further in depth with these guys. Uh, from 27 on uh, We really want to get you guys to get acclimated Like I said for the point of this pod With the guys deeper in the system uh, This guy at 27 you guys have heard of He's a guy who spent time at the Major League level I'm Not going to spend too long on him But the name is Robert Duggar Robert Duggar returned peace In the same trade that brought Nidard and Torres To the Marlins uh, in the D. Gordon trade In 2017 um, Since then he's jumped from uh, Single advanced uh, all the way up to double-A uh, just in one season. Uh, good season for him there. Uh, pretty much matched his uh, innings pitched with his strikeouts, 107 to 109. Uh, that was his first showing in the upper minors with the Shrimp. Uh, he started back there in 2019 with the Shrimp uh, and uh, got up to triple-A that same season. Uh, not too long later in that year, actually, I should say. Uh, the Marlins overlooked kind of a rough showing for him with the what was then the Baby Cakes, um, and uh, gave him the September call up. Um, he got his first win in his second start. It was a good start for him. Seven innings, two runs, seven Ks, one strikeout. Um, camp to Camp this year, and I really, really, really like that he's added a lot of break on the curveball. Uh, he pushed yeah. what was previously a forty-grade curveball up to a fifty-grade curveball. So That's something to really, really look at. Um, It's a big pitch for him. Uh, Fastball, curveball, you got the velo separation. Uh, If he's burying that curveball, he's going to be a guy who's tough to hit. Uh, He's got the two contact stuff, doesn't overwhelm with velocity. Uh, Like I said, buries pitches and gets ground balls and as a guy that records out. Uh, In the long term for me, maybe not so much as a rotational piece, but more of a bullpen anchor. Uh, But like I said, a guy uh, who was still in camp, up until the last day of spring training before we got locked out. So still only 23, has even more room to grow, I think. Um, And a guy, like I said, who definitely has a future with this Marlins organization, despite what we have coming up starting pitching-wise. So yeah, Duggar, a guy that I really like, um, and you'll be seeing him again this coming season. Uh, That's right. For you, Daniel.
1: He came in um, on fire in spring. He did add a few uh, ticks to that. That fastball, I'm not sure what it was, but it adds a lot to his game. Um, you know, he got some good, amazing results. I think no runs in 10 innings, like you could just see. Um, that's a different guy from last year. So, he, I mean, he may have, he may wait to winning a spot. Who knows? I really liked what I saw from him. A uh, third piece from that, from as you mentioned, from that D trade, um, he was definitely the third piece. So I would say he has definitely outperformed um, what everybody thought about him at that point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, yeah, uh, we're going to 28 for you, Daniel. All right. Number 28, we have Humberto Mejia. Um, He arrived via the international route uh, back in 2014. He is actually from Panama. That's not a, a big baseball country. Uh, currently on the 40-man roster, uh, 23 years old, won't turn 24 until next year, so still pretty young. Humberto is a <clears throat> control-first, stuff-second guy. Uh, he sits at 90, 93, but has great command of fastball and all of his secondaries—changeup, curve, and slider. This is a kid who has never had a bad minor league season. Uh, he has been performing every single year since he got, to, you know, since he started with the organization. His career numbers in the minors are 2.40 ERA, 1.01 WHIP, 2.14 average against, um, and just around 9 Ks per nine innings. He was hurt all of 2017, but came back in 2018 with solid results, um, and just maintained that momentum um, for 2019, where he just dominated Single A um, at Clinton. Uh, he did it with this. Um, uh, I remember I forgot what his was. Pitcher's name was that we traded to Minnesota uh, for uh, for Lewin with with Romo, uh, but those two formed a solid combo in that Clinton team. Then he was promoted to High A, um, and then also killed it there. Um, his his uh, his Clinton uh, coach is really high on him as well, and he does not walk a lot, which is really important. So, so yeah, the, the Marlins showed us how much they liked this kid when they decided last year to protect him from the um, Rule 5 draft. He was actually the one who the Marlins decided to go uh, to get rid of uh, Chen. He, he was that guy, and I think it was a great decision, even though now with everything, everybody's talking about Chen's salary, but it was a great decision.
0: <clears throat> yeah i definitely agree with that uh a, a guy uh that was labeled as b- by battingly as a as a slow to build guy probably because of the injury um he's a guy who works pretty slow uh more finesse stuff than anything i think his best pitch is a curveball kind of like Duggar, which has become Duggar's best pitch i should say uh another guy who's gonna eat innings and, and limit damage so yeah definitely a like humberto um 29's brian miller uh long tenured guy with the organization um you know, has a lot in front of him in terms of, especially recently in terms of what he has to overcome if he's going to be a, a starter in the Marlins organization, which I don't think he will be. Um, I think he's more of a bench piece, but still a guy that can contribute because of the on-base skills. Uh, um, a guy that steals bases, uh, you know, he could get in there and still has plus speed uh, even going into what I think is 24, 25-year season, age 24 age H25-year season, I should say. So, yeah, uh, based off the base running, um, and the ability to get out there and really make uh, a difference in the game and disrupt the game on the bases is what you like to see out of Brian Miller. Um, but like I said, a guy who's going to have to do more with the bat if he wants to stick in the Marlins organization. Um, came to camp this year, uh, looked a little bit better to me with the bat. Um, I really like the swing a little bit more. Um, definitely has a twitch in the bat, so going more for you know singles and over the fence power, but. Like I said, all he has to do is get on base and he can make a difference. So, Brian Miller, 29.
1: Yeah, uh, Miller, he, he has a tough uh, – you know, the problem that he has right now is that Miami is absolutely you – know, they just absolutely loaded up on outfielders over the last couple of years. Um, and he hasn't really increased his game. He's just a steady guy right now. I mean, not bad, but not amazing. So, that leaves him maybe as the 10th outfielder maybe in our prospect depth chart. So um yeah he has a, a tough task uh, but i mean if he keeps killing it you know he may wind up getting a trade or or actually making it so but yeah, as mentioned just probably a fourth fielder stealing uh yeah number right number 30 go ahead number 30 a uh, new guy in our organization dioil burgos um he, Uh, He signed as an international amateur of the DR by Cardinals in 2017 for $300,000, which tells us that, you know, he wasn't a premium signing, but he wasn't cheap either. So um, he was then traded to Miami in a bit of a surprising trade for the great Austin Dean. Uh, While we all love a Dean, it does seem that St. Louis may have overpaid, I think, uh, after the Marlins DFA'd Austin. So 19 years old he'll be this age for all of 2020. He, he's a lefty hitter, six one power first prospect versus his hit tool, solid left-handed swing with solid bat speed. Um, uh, the, uh, fan graphs is a platform that is really, really high on him. They ranked him as Miami's 19th best prospect. And they say he has a left-handed cut that looks like Robinson Cano. <laughs> so, uh, I'll take that every day of the week. Um, Adequate corner outfielder with no speed. Um, so he really needs the, the bat to carry him to the yeah. Uh Burgos repeated the DSL, but had an amazing sec try in 2019. Best weighted runs created plus in the whole level. 382 average, nine home runs in 36 games. Uh, the 12.06 OPS, that's just crazy crazy, was brought back to the GCL state side for 20 games Stroud, I think that was a cultural shock, I think he should probably begin the season in the GCL um, or, or football in 2021 if ball still exists
0: Yeah, uh, that will uh, you said the name much better than I probably could uh, but Burgos uh, definitely a guy that is new to the organization, haven't seen him in a Marlins uniform yet uh, like you said uh, does show a lot of tools with the bat, but is very, very limited defensively. Uh, probably going to be a left field exclusive, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, due to just no speed and his arms, from what I've read, is just average. I know Fangraft is a little higher on him, uh, but from most reports, he's just average in the field. Um, still, though, a guy who's just 19, as you said, um, especially if he can improve on the swing and miss, uh, he can come by even more power, especially as the body grows. Uh, maybe even the NL adoption of DH will be huge for him. If the NL does adopt DH, this is a guy you're going to yeah. see there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, a bit to prove still, but uh, a really, really good return for a guy that I love, but probably isn't going to be a big-time <laughs> player in Major League Baseball, Austin Dean. Anyways, we're going to number 31. <laughs> we're going to another incarnation in the system, believe it or not, which will eventually be... The third Encarnacion surname to pull on a Marlins jersey. This guy's name is Brady Encarnacion. Brady Encarnacion. an Encarnacion, and he's another good one, is going to be another really good one, especially if he fills out. Uh, Last year's international draft class, 6'3", 185 already. Uh, Out of Dominican. A lot of moving parts to this guy. Uh, Shortens the distance to the plate because of the size. Uh, but he does it very, very fluidly. Um, for a big kid, that's something you look at and you see a big kid already, I should say, uh, for his age. You look at the fluidity in the delivery and you really, really like it. Uh, it's an over-the-top delivery. Uh, follow throughs mostly downhill, uh, adding some ticks to his stuff probably. Uh, stuff's all moving. Uh, you know, it's got the fastball, curveball, uh, you, you know, the velo separation that I always really like to talk about. You guys have heard me say that before. Uh, he's begun throwing the changeup, which is not very uncommon to see in a pitcher for that to be their third pitch that they build. Uh, this guy has begun throwing a changeup and it's already grading at a 50 future value. So he's proving he has a ton of comfort for the delivery in arm slot, repeats it well. Like I said, not much to the velo yet, but he is throwing downhill. So as the body grows, you're probably going to see more ticks on the velo. Plenty of time to grow. Uh, uses a whole strike zone and is already changing eye levels. So definitely a bulldog type, type hurler on the mound yep. um, shows things that most guys his age don't show at the level of development that he's at. So he has a lot of the hard stuff out of the way early in his career, uh, just needs to naturally grow into it and play games. And that's the easy part. So yeah, Brady Encarnacion, a really, 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 really solid. That's how many reallys did I say? Five or six? Anyways, <laughs> a very solid, Uh, international draftee for the Marlins, um, especially since he commanded the smallest price tag of all 11 guys that we got in the international draft. So again, a very, very uh, uh, heavy nod to DJ Svelik, as well as everybody in the Marlins international pool, international scouts. Uh, Yeah, Encarnacion, a guy you're going to see, and uh, a guy who we expect
1: to be very good. So this is a great example of a guy who – um, international scouts <clears throat> weren't too high on that's what 10% of the bonus that Diogo Burgos got. Um, but here he is, you know, right with him opens up that conversation about what the best way of, you know, how, how, how's the best way of using your international money? Uh, do you grab dozens for 50,000 uh, or do you grab one for 5 million? So that's a, a good example there to good conversation as well. Um Number 32, Thomas Jones. He arrived via uh, via the draft um, by Miami as a high schooler in the third round in 2016. He is still 22 years old, even though it feels like he's been in our system for forever. Uh, he's uh, just, you uh, know, only the Monster Monte Harris and above him, I'd say he has some raw power that doesn't come out much in games due, due to his uh let's call it mediocre hit tool. He can run, he can field, he has a solid arm. Um, one of the one of his biggest issues is that that K rate, similar to Monte, um, it has been in the low thirties, thirty percent for three years in a row now. The reason why he's still relatively high in our list, I'd say. You know, apart from his loud tools, is that um, he has been very slowly improving year by year. Um, So OPS in the in the 500s in 2017, in the 600s in 2018, and in the 700s in 2019, with a 111 weighted uh, runs created plus. Um, But he still has a lot to work on and prove. You know, to prove that he can do it on the higher levels. Um, I would say he should begin his next season in high A. But that outfield is going to be loaded. We're talking Connor, Scott, Meisner, Burdick, possibly Lede or Girard if they want to make him start there for a month or two. So all of those guys may play at that level right now. So he's going to have to battle for playing time. That's not pretty for him. Yeah,
0: definitely a guy who you limit the ceiling for just based off the struggles. But Mm -hmm. it's really interesting go for him because had he honored his commitment to Vanderbilt, he probably would have played with J.J. Bledet, obviously, Blade's <laughs> younger seasons. But had he honored that commitment, he was the guy that could have wound up on those same teams as J.J. Blade. So definitely an interesting wrinkle for him, especially after the Marlins got J.J. Blade in the draft. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a guy that I look at and think, you know, came out as a highly heralded high schooler, monstrous athlete, two sports in high school, had offers for both football and baseball, chose to go the route for baseball. Um, has all the athleticism in the world, just like Amante Harrison, who you comp him to, which is a very, very good comp within the organization. um, Just really, really has to improve mechanically with the bat. Um, He gets under front a lot. Um, He's an easy fly ball guy a lot. Um, He's extreme pull and only extreme pull. You look at him swing and you see the head fly off the ball, you know, not really great indicators, um, especially where he is in his career. But yeah, he's gonna really have to battle his way up the ranks with the other guys that you mentioned in order to succeed with the Marlins. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, it's definitely possible. Like I said, the athleticism's there. So um, yeah, uh, he wants to learn. He wants to be here. Uh, he's a big kid and he's still growing. So you look at all that and you look at the amount of athleticism and you can see why he's stuck around with the Marlins uh, after exactly. he's drafted and after even since his struggles. Uh, so we go to thirty three uh, with Tristan Pompey. Tristan Pompey, one of few Canadians ever in the Marlins organization, Native Canadians, I should say, in the Marlins organization. Um, third round pick out of Kentucky in 2018. Uh, it was he continued, Kentucky continues to be a college that the Marlins really, really draw from. matter uh, no matter what, orga, no matter what uh, ownership it's been. they've been a college that the Marlins have really gone to. Uh, and you can see why. You know, part of the SEC big school uh, has done some big things. Uh, you like the uh, determination and you like the maturity that comes out of the University of Kentucky. So, yeah, definitely a school that you can see why they go to it. Uh, a lot of teams, not just the Marlins, but especially the Marlins in recent years. Um, he played a ton of baseball in his draft year, 92 games, right? And he did very well, especially at the pro level um, and at the college level, but it made it translate very well. Um, he shot up the prospect rankings because of that season. And he was inside the Marlins' top 10 on a lot of lists entering 2019. Uh, Then overuse and all the games and innings played caught up with his body. Uh, It turned out that the injury that he wound up suffering was a broken toe. Originally, that caused him to miss a lot of time in that season. Uh, He did get in 43 games with the Hammerheads. Uh, Wasn't 100% even after his return. Uh, was removed from games a lot of times uh, that year with leg issues, arm issues, just a variety of issues that really you look at it and you say, okay, obviously this guy played so much that his body had just given up. Like uh, he just, his mind was there, but physically the body just wasn't there. Um, I will say body-wise, he didn't appear to add a lot since 2019. He did come to camp and wanting to work, wanting to get better, wanting to stay healthy, but the body kind of stayed the same. He's a wiry 6'4", 200-pound kid. Um, that could be where he winds up physically. I, I mean, I, don't, I really don't see him winding up any much bigger than that. Um, just based off of one off season, he sat around a lot. Uh, you know, obviously got his workouts in, but didn't do a lot on the field. That could be a product of it. I don't know. Uh, if he doesn't add anything else, he compensates for the limited size by a big power tool. But the power tool becomes at a very, very high expense. It's a split-legged stance. Um, a very high front leg kick. I look at guys like this and I really don't like those kind of mechanics. It causes yeah, yeah. you to get out in front. If you don't get both feet down, your swing's going to be off balance. If you do, you could go over the fence every time, but you don't, you're going to swing and miss. That's what's led to his high strikeout rate. Um, it's limited his hit tool to a 30, which if you look at the 2080 scale, 30 ain't too great. Um, 40 grade future ceiling. I mean, if that's the best that he gets with the hit tool, I don't know where Tristan's going to go. Like the kid, like the background from Kentucky injuries, hurt him all that overuse. I will say, I definitely think he was overused early in his career. Um, getting in, like I said, 92 games, uh, uh, total between college and the pro level. So yeah, um, no, not much torque in the hips. Doesn't do a lot lower half mechanically. He's basically all arms leads to a long swing. Like I said, if he stays the same physically, I limit his ceiling a lot. Uh, He does switch hit. Uh, He was taught by his parents to do so at a very long age, young age. Um, He can disrupt on the base pass. He's got good speed, Uh, good in the outfield. But like I said, that limited hit tool is why he's so far down on this list.
1: Yes, uh, this is another guy who is pretty down on that outfield um, prospect depth chart. Uh, He may repeat high A or start in double A. Um, but he will have to play for that um, or fight for that playing time. Um, Number 34, second baseman Riley Mahan, um, drafted by Miami in the third round in 2017, which by the way, this makes it three third rounders drafted by Miami back to back to back for us right here in a row on our list with um, Thomas Jones and Tristan Pompey. And, back-to-back University of Kentucky guys, right? 24-year-old lefty hitter, uh right man, man, I guess. He is a guy who was seen as a um, power over hit tool uh, with a steady defense, second base, and a solid arm, uh, man speed. But the offense hasn't really shown, as was expected from his great college days. He um, had a better... Uh, 2019, OA high A was a promotion to AA after uh, just a horrible 2018 season for him. So that's a good sign, just you know, being able to improve from 2018 to 2019. It would be big, really big for our system if, if he has a solid um, 2020 or 2021 season. Um, K rate uh, in the high 20s in both seasons for him, uh, while he did hit 11 home runs last season, I see him more of a gap-to-gap guy for now. Um, he really needs to increase that hit tool. Um, he's been in the 250 average and range, 310 OBP, um, around that range, which is pretty subpar. So still a solid fielder, nothing flashy but solid. He should probably begin in probably double A triple A. Yeah, an interesting guy, Daniel. I mean, like you said, from Kentucky, um,
0: you know – He's a guy that went to a very, very challenged shrimp team last year offensively uh, and did pretty well, especially considering where he was. Uh, So, like you said, um, a guy that you temper expectations for, um, you know, you like to see the power numbers from middle infielders, but there's a ton of swing and miss to this guy. Uh, A ceiling for him, uh, I will say, could be that of a lefty hitting Dan Ugla. Just based off of the size, the stout size, I will say, and the amount of power that he's able to translate. So if you can do that at the big league level, a guy that (laughs) that you look at for a comp, Dan Ugla. Uh, Other than that, like you said, a guy that needs to do some work with the bat, needs to improve the strike zone knowledge. You want to see him work counts a little bit more, especially in the minors. So, yeah, I mean, definitely a guy that could do big things with the Marlins if he's able to improve a couple things, including the plate discipline. But you know he's a wait, he's another wait and see. Uh, I will say next year will be a big year for him. Uh, we're going to go to number thirty-five, and this is going to be the last guy we cover in this particular podcast because we're running over time here, guys. Uh, but uh, the last guy we'll cover at number thirty-five on this portion of the pod is Alberto Guerrero. Guerrero, excuse me. Uh, a two thousand and fifteen international pick out of Panama, which we managed, yep. which we mentioned before. Uh, not a country like Daniel said, I think you yeah, two from. Panama
1: guys in our top 35. Look yeah,
0: that. I know. Like, how does that happen? Like, it's really not a country you mm-hmm. hear of nearly as much as others, uh, especially like countries like Dominican, Venezuela, countries like that. So, yeah, Carlos look, Lee
1: is the only guy I can really think about right now who you know famous baseball players
0: and a right former Marlon Carlos Lee mentioned. Exactly. Carlos. So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> big things uh, expected from Alberto. And here's the reason why, uh, you know, he came out, he came in immediately in 2017 and he already immediately began turning some heads. Uh, 1.55 ERA and 57% ground ball rate in nine games in the, in the uh, Gulf Coast League. Um, and he continued to do it. So it wasn't just those original nine games when no reports were out. He goes to Batavia and the ground ball rates at 46% in 15 games with Batavia. Uh, Got to full season ball last year. Stats kept coming in a similar fashion. Uh, second most innings in the Midwest League. Uh, so obviously he's got the durability. Posted an ERA of 3.13. Uh, Let up, almost, he was a little bit more hittable, I will say, uh, in, in a longer showing. Uh, obviously, you know, like I said, he got reports out. You got guys that are scouting you. You got teams that are scouting you. You got teams looking in from the dugout with more knowledge. Uh, you're going to get hit a little more, and he did. He got hit a little bit more. Uh, Let up almost as many hits as those 132 innings pitched, but the ground ball rate was still good. Even in a longer showing 44% ground ball rate uh, kept 72% of his runners off the board. And that's the guy he's going to be. He's going to be the kind of guy that doesn't come in and blow you away with the stuff. He's going to come in and he's going to be that 90 to 95 guy tops with the fastball. Uh, But the ability to command the lower half, uh, you know, is what's going to get him by. He can overthrow a little bit, especially as he gets later into games, uh, and that's when he starts missing up and he gets hurt a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, if you miss up with an 88-mile-an-hour pitch, these guys at the upper levels aren't going to miss it. So that's something he needs to prove as he progresses through the system, uh, is can he uh, keep his composure and really, especially as he gets late into his starts, can he still command? Um, like I said, that's really a a big uh, hurdle for him. If you can prove that, uh, he's done a lot of maturing with this organization, especially since he was drafted, like I said, all the way back in 2015. Um, the ceiling is back end rotation. Uh, the floor, probably middle relief, but like I said, uh, a guy that, uh, knows who he is, like I said, he's done a lot of growing, uh, gives up the velo for the command and control. So Yeah. Uh, if you're coming at pitchers with three quality pitches down in the zone, you're a guy who can be effective at any level, and that's the guy who I think Alberto Guerrero is going to be.
1: Yeah, he doesn't get hit hard, but he does give up. Uh, for now, for me, and to my like few too many walks, especially last season. See if you can bring those down. Uh, something also to note here: three hundred thousand, um, according to a Panamanian newspaper. I dug that up. Um, was his bonus in 2015. So a kid that the Marlins were relatively high on back then. And remember, um, the Marlins didn't dish out big money to international prospects back then. You know, that, 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 that's weird to see. So this is a high number. This is somebody they were, they were high on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, uh, a guy out of an unheralded country, uh, not too many guys come from there. Like you said, maybe a few that we can name over the years. Uh, so yeah, for, for him to make it to where he's gotten to, especially being after being drafted to 2015, going through an ownership change and he's still here. So something to be said for that, uh, you like the stats he's been able to post so far and, uh, we'll wait and see. So, uh, yeah. All right, guys. I know Daniel, we said we wanted to get through 40, but we're already running over time at number 32. So <laughs> I think me and Daniel have given you guys, the listeners, a bunch to chew on here in this inaugural podcast of swimming upstream and Daniel and me will be back for part two of our deep dive into the Miami Marlins minor league system next time on swimming upstream thank you so much for listening in we'll see you guys next time thanks guys